Last Sunday, Mitch came to me and asked me if I would speak tonight. I said yes, and then on the way home, I, deter I decided, what in the world am I going to speak on to such quick, short notice? And so this message came to me because of something that happened. Um, and I'll just say 30 days ago, I um, lost a friend due to circumstances. Uh, and that uh, kind of uh, crushed, let's just say it kind of crushed my soul, it made my heart very discouraged, and it really shook me to the core of my being. So um, that's what caused me to bring this lesson to you. Before I um, begin the lesson exactly, but this is my jumping off point. Um, we're going to look at the fourth verse of the song that we just sang, that Scott just sang, and that's why I said uh, he must have been reading my brain notes. It says, Jesus is all the world to me. I want no better friend. I trust in him. Now I'll trust in him when life's fleeting day shall end. Beautiful life with such a friend Beautiful life that has no end. Eternal life, eternal joy, Jesus is my friend. Next thing we're going to look at, the three things that I'm going to kind of connect together, and I think they go hand in hand, is um, friend, forgiveness, and communications. First, turn to, <clears throat> turn to Colossians chapter 3 verses 12 through 14. It reads, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, lowliness, meekness, and patience, forbearing one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgive, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds all things together in perfect harmony. Um, let's look at Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Turn to John. Um, okay. Let's look at the three things uh, dealt with that I'll be dealing with communication, friend, and um, communication, friend, and forgiveness. We looked at forgiveness. Now, communication, I looked up the definition of communication, 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 and it means the sharing or imparting of knowledge between one and another. Definition for friend says, a person whose company one enjoys and trusts. 
let's look at, uh, we just looked at Proverbs 17. Turn to John 15, 13, and 14. Greater love has no man than this, the man who will lay down his life for his friends. Yea, ye are my friends, if you do what I command you. Turn to Luke chapter 22, verses 23 and 24. This is when, uh, this is the story, we're going to look at three stories tonight. Um, this first is when Peter denied um, Jesus. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for, you, for thee, that, my, that your faith fail you not. And when thou art converted, strengthen your brethren. And Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. And he, Jesus said, I tell, tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou sh shall thrice deny me. Go to John 18 chapter, verses 16 and 18. But Peter stood at the door without then went out with the other disciple, which was known unto the high priest, and spake unto her that kept the door. And she brought in Peter. Then said the damsel that kept the door, he said unto Peter, Art not thou also one of the disciples? And he, Peter said, I am not. And the servant and officers stood there who had made the fire of coals, and they warmed themselves. And Peter stood with them and warmed himself. John 18, 25, verses, excuse me, 18, verses 25 and 26. And Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. And they said therefore unto him, Are there not also one of the disciples, and he denied it and said, I am not. And one of the servants of the high priest, being kinsman, whose ear Peter cut off, said, Did I not see thee in the garden with him? Peter then denied it again, and immediately the cock crew. Then we look at, even though Peter had denied Jesus, and after all this had taken place, we see uh, that Jesus showed Peter that he had forgiven him, that he loved him, he still want, wanted him as a friend, and he accepted him. And Peter, Peter was, never had this problem again, and he was with Jesus until such time, he was a friend of Jesus and took the gospel to others until such time as he was so I understand was hung upside down on the cross um, until he passed on. 
Turn to John 21, verses 15 through 17. And when they had dined, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, Peter, Simon, the son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than thee? He said unto the Lord, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto Peter, Jesus spoke, Feed my lamb. He asked Peter again. The second time, Peter, or Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter answered and said unto Jesus, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. He, Jesus said a third time, Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, dost thou lovest me? Peter was grieved because he couldn't understand why Jesus was asking him the same question a third time. He said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And Peter said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Peter, feed my sheep. So we know that, that uh, Jesus uh, loved him, and this is an indication that he, was, he had forgiven Peter of his sin, of denial, being deny, denying him, and he still accepted him. Um, turn to John, the 11th chapter, starting with the 5th verse. This is a story about Martha, Mary, and raising Lazarus from the dead. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days in the same place where he was. Then, he said to his disciples, let us go unto Judea. But his disciples said unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goeth thou there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If anyone, any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he <clears throat> seeth the light of this world. But if a man walks in the night, he stumbles, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awaken him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleepeth, he shall do well. How be it? Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking rest and sleep. 
Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. I am glad for your sake I was not there. To the intent you may believe, nevertheless let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Then Jesus, when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Let's go down to verse 21. Then Martha said unto Jesus, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But I know that even now, whatever thou will ask of God, God will will give it to thee. Jesus said to her, Thou brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again at the resurrection in the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the light. He that believeth in me, thou he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believeth thou that? She said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said thee, she went her way and called Mary her sister secretly, saying, the master is come and calls for you. As soon as she heard that, she rose quickly and came to him. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you lain him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. The next verse, Jesus wept. When he had spoken with them, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forward. And as we know, Lazarus did come forward and he told them to take the grave clothes off and then they went in and dined and had a meal. But this also shows that Jesus was troubled by Lazarus' death because Lazarus, Martha, and Mary were all close friends. The next story we're going to look at is 1 Samuel 20, starting with verse 17. And Jonathan made David swear again by his love for him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. So I ask, what better friend can you have than that? Then Jonathan said to him, Tomorrow is a new moon, and you will be missed because your seat will be empty. And on the third day, you will be greatly missed. Then go to the place where you hid yourself when this matter was in hand and remain beside yonder stone heap. And I will shoot three arrows to the side of it as though I were shooting at a mark. And behold, I will send the lad saying, go find the arrows. If I say, to the lad, look, 
the arrows are, are on this side of you, take them. Then you are to, to come. For as the Lord lives, it is safe for you, and there is no danger. But I, if I say to you, to the lad, look, the arrows are beyond you, then go, for the Lord has sent you away. And as for the matter of which you and I have spoken, behold, the Lord is between you and me forever. So David hid himself in the field. And when the new moon came, the king sat down to eat food. The king sat upon his seat as at other times, upon the seat by the wall. Jonathan sat opposite, and Abner sat beside Saul. But David's place was empty. But Saul did not say anything that day, for he thought, something is, has fallen. Uh, something has befallen him, talking about something that's befallen David. He is not clean. Surely he is not clean. But on the second day, tomorrow, after the new moon, David's place was empty, and Saul said to Jonathan, his son, why, have you, why has not the son of Jesse come to the meal? Neither yesterday or today. Jonathan answered Saul, David earnestly asked me of thee to go to Bethlehem. He said, let me go, for our family holds a sacrifice in the city, and my brother is the commanding that I be there. So now, if I have found favor in you, your eyes, let me get away and see my brothers. For this reason, he has not come to the king's table. Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan, and he said to him, You son of a perverse, rebellious woman, do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness? For as long as the son of Jesse lives upon the earth, neither you nor your kingdom shall be established. Therefore, send and fetch him to me, for he shall surely die. Then Jonathan answered, Saul, his father, why should he be put to death? What has he done? But Saul cast his spear at him to smite him. So Jonathan knew that his father was determined to put David to death. Jonathan rose from the table in fierce anger and did not eat any food on the second day. And for he was grieved for David because Saul had disgraced him. In the morning, Jonathan went out to the field for the appointment with David shot the arrows beyond the lad and told him to hurry and gather up the, the arrows 
which the lad did and brought them to his master. Jonathan gave the lad the weapons and he told them, told him to take them to the city. David came out of his hiding, hiding, bared, bowed his face to the ground, and they kissed one another and wept. Jonathan told him to go in peace. We have sworn in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord shall be between you and me and our descendants forever. As we see in John, John says that there is no greater friend um, than the one that will lay down his life for you. Jesus laid down his life for all of us. Can we do this? Can, would we lay down our lives for someone? As Christians, we should be able to do this. Jesus showed that even though Peter denied him, Jesus forgave Peter. He loved him, and Peter remained Christ's friend. And as Christians, we sh shouldn't we be able to follow this example set forth by Jesus in Scripture? In the story about David and Jonathan, we see that Jonathan was willing to risk his life to protect David from his father. Finally, we read throughout the New Testament that, that for a number of times that the members of the Lord's church saved Paul from certain death and as his friends were will, willing to risk their lives to do that. We also see in these stories that there was something else that played the most important part in this these friendships. Think about it. Communications. Jesus communicated with Peter. David communicated with Jonathan. Paul communicated with those members of, his, of God's family. Or they would not have been able to receive the message delivered by Paul delivered to Paul from God. Remember, forgiveness and communication is all important in building friendships blessed by the Lord. Now I look at, close out with this, the verse of this song. <clears throat> what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Now, let me communicate to you what God would have you do in order to be saved. He would, he would want you first to hear his word from a brother or sister 
in the Lord's church, believe what they are telling you has come from God's word, repent of your past sins, confess that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, and be baptized by immersion, and at the time you will, this time you will be added to the Lord's church and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, as we can see, communication is directly in, is in direct correlation with the friends, and it is most important. If you want to read more about communications, go to James chapter three. It talks about the tongue and how tongue is one of the smallest parts of the body, but it sure can deliver, deliver blessings as well as curses at the same time. So I ask as we close out, if there's anyone who would like to be baptized or if you have any prayer needs, we ask that you come to the front as we stand and sing What a Friend We Have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a friend.